Happy Mother's Day. And Mother's Day, I guess, is a day that should remind us of what we should be doing year-round as far as the honor and respect that we should give mothers. Uh, a true mother certainly deserves our respect and deserves our honor. I would argue that it takes more uh, than, than just giving birth uh, to be a proper mother. Leaving a child on a doorstep uh, doesn't really classify you a, as a mom, I guess maybe as a birth mother, but, but it takes much more than that as far as the honor and respect that, that we want to give to mothers today. Uh, there's an instinct in mothers that's very hard to ignore, uh, and I'm, I, I never cease to be amazed by it. An instinct to love and to nurture and to care for, an instinct to protect. I have learned down through the years that there's not much more fearful than the ire of a mother uh, when, it's, when it's raised by some, for some reason or another, especially with respect to protecting kids. And sometimes when the kids needs dealt with, too. Uh, but, but as far as the protection of the kids, uh, they wake up in the middle of the night at the slightest whimper. Uh, with the kids, the grandkids staying with us the last seven or eight weeks, uh, she'll get up in the morning, Mindy will, and say, oh, it was a rough night. Uh, yeah, it must have been. I slept right through it. Uh, didn't hear it at all. And she said, how do you sleep through that? And I said, well, it's just, it's real easy. You just keep snoring and, and, you, and you sleep right through it. But any little peep, any little noise, and moms naturally, instinctively, at least most of them wake up. Moms truly want what's best for their kids, and, and they, they really do, and they go to great lengths to see that that takes place. And most of us were really blessed to have a mother that really cared for us and prayed for us and toiled over our development as we, as we grew and as we matured and as we became an adult. And those of you who are not there yet, uh, you, you probably have a mom that's doing all those things for you. And, and because God orders our steps as Christians... Uh, and places us in our families, I think it's very appropriate that we talk about mothers on, on a Sunday uh, from the pulpit because of what God has blessed us with. Now, to, to, to be celebrated properly, men need to be involved in Mother's Day because it's just not quite as good when women just celebrate themselves that they're mothers, okay? So, so it needs to involve us. And, and guys... You know, don't let me hear you today saying to your wife, well, you're not my mother, okay? Don't, don't say that, all right? That will get you no place fast. So if your mother is here, certainly celebrate that. If she's gone on to be with Jesus, then take some time to focus, to think, to celebrate what God gave you in goodness uh, with your mom. Now, men, as we help to celebrate Mother's Day, there, there are a few things that are certain that I, want, that I want to tell you about, we can never know the feeling of an unborn baby moving in the womb. Now, the crazy world that we live in today might tell us something different, but, but, but we're not going to be experiencing that. We're not going to understand the pain of childbirth. We're not going to understand the emotions that a mother feels. We're just not going to get that. We're not going to feel the tenderness and desire in the way that they nurture and they care for people and care for kids. You know, I can't fix my kids' hurts like my wife can. I just can't. It's impossible for me to do that. Now, part of that is that there is not a device that has been made that can measure the amount of sympathy that can come from me, okay? It's just that small. But, 
but she is so great at at nurturing at healing hurts at taking care of problems that come up that, that that only she can do and and moms are like that and i finally as far as someone standing up here and talking today from a man's standpoint ladies i can't tell you how to be the perfect mother I, I really can't do that. I mean, I can, I can look at my mom, and I can look at my wife, and I can look at my mother-in-law, and I can look at grandparents and, and all that, and, and I can give you some pointers, but, but I really can't say this is exactly what you need to do to be a great mom because I can't understand all that. I can't process all that. But guys, what we can do is we can see the great characteristics in our own moms. We can see what a great mom our, our kids have. And, and we can look at Scripture and see what it says about mothers. Now, over the years, I have used all kinds of mothers in the Bible as texts for a Mother's Day sermon. And I, I guess, I think Dennis preached on Mother's Day last year, I believe, but, but I've probably preached 25, 30 Mother's Day sermons down through the years. And, and there's a lot of mothers in the Bible that we can look at. There's, there's Hannah, that was Samuel's mom. And we can learn a lot from her. There's, there's Mary, of course, the mother of Jesus. And there's a lot of things we can talk about there. And there's Naomi. Uh, there's, there's Jochebed that we can talk about. And there's lots of mothers that we can look at. But today, rather than going down one of those trails, I just want to use some general verses that we find in Scripture about mothers and what the Bible tells us about them. So let's start with Isaiah 66, 13. Now, this entire passage is talking a little bit about how God takes care of Israel in a very similar way that a mother takes care of a child. And much of the chapter makes those comparisons. But we're going to look specifically today at verse 13. It says, As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. So God here, he could have just said, I'm going to comfort you. But instead of just saying, I'm going to comfort you, he takes the analogy a bit deeper. As a mother comforts her child. We, we get that. Because as, as men, we've probably been comforted by mom. As mothers, you know what it's like to comfort children. And you know how that works. And you know what works and what doesn't work. And God uses this analogy here that he is going to comfort like a mother comforts a child. And no one comforts but God like our mothers do. Remember when you were a kid and you got hurt, who did you run to? Was it mom or was it dad? You know, if I couldn't catch the blood in some kind of a bowl and prove that there was an injury... Uh, dad didn't really want to hear too much about it. I mean, he'd try to be sympathetic, but, but you had to be separated from an appendage if there was going to be a, a, a real bit of comfort there. But you went to mom, and, and most of you did. And there may be exceptions, but most of the time, you went to mom when you wanted comforted. And no one comforts like that. She has more built-in sympathy than, than your dad, typically, just the way that it works. And for most moms, comforting is a natural thing that they do. And I have to make another observation here when we talk about comforting and we talk about sympathy and we talk about seeing when someone is hurt. Women are indispensable in the church for lots of reasons. But, but I, I sometimes think there could be someone in a church setting, in a congregation, who is just emotionally dead 
I mean, as far as an injury, it's like missing a limb injury on the emotional side. And men could just walk around and, and not even see it. I mean, not even get it. Not always, but a lot of times. You see, there have been more times than I can even count when my wife has come up to me after church and, and she said something to the effect of, I think that person was really hurting this morning. Or they didn't look right this morning. And I would say something like, yeah, their hair was really messed up. Uh, and that wasn't what she was talking about at all. But she sees those things. And women often see those things or say, or say that person really looks sad today. And, and she got that and I didn't. And, and guys, so often our, our wives are so much better, so much better at being in tune with those things than we are. And we can miss those things so easily. But because of the nurturing instinct, because of the caring for people instinct that women often have, indispensable part of the church to be able to cue us in on things like that. And that gift for comforting has way more uses than just for kids. And so moms, thank you for loving us by giving comfort. Thank you for seeing those people who are hurting emotionally that sometimes as guys we don't pick up on. So thank you for seeing that. Now Proverbs chapter 29, 15 talks about mothers and it also talks about discipline. And I think it would do us well to look at it. It says the rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left to himself disgraces his mother. The rod of correction imparts wisdom. But a child left to himself disgraces mother, uh, his mother. Mothers who love their kids discipline their kids, right? You know, we're not trying to raise terrorists. And so you don't want your kid operating that way. And so we impart discipline. Women, mothers impart discipline to their kids when they love them. And this rod of correction imparts wisdom. But a child left to himself to do whatever he wants to do is going to disgrace his mother Eventually, sometimes because of the nature of a mom to nurture and protect, sometimes it's harder for some than others to impart discipline because they'd rather love, they'd rather care for, they'd rather nurture. But eventually it gets to the point where it's necessary. Do you, do you remember the story about the preacher that brought the lawn, bought the lawnmower from the little boy that was really rough around the edges? Some of you don't remember this story, maybe never heard it. Well, he bought the lawnmower from this little boy, and the little boy, he had a rough life and a rough upbringing, and, and he just really had been in the thick of it. And so he bought this lawnmower, and it wouldn't start. And so he went back to the little boy, and he, he said, why won't this lawnmower start? And he said, well, you have to cuss it first. And, and he said, it's just used to it. And, and you all probably may have had some machinery like this before. Okay, you have to cuss it first. And the preacher said, I can't do that. He said, I would feel horribly guilty. I, I can't do that. And the little boy looked at him and said, you keep pulling that rope and you'll figure it out. And there are kids that even though we want to nurture and even though we want to care for, there comes a point in time where if they're going to grow up the way they should, that there must be discipline that is accompanied with this nurturing. And so I encourage you ladies today, not because I know what it takes to make a perfect mom, but because of what Scripture tells us, that besides nurturing, 
there must be discipline coupled with that, and it must be in, in great balance. After putting up with rebellion in a kid long enough, however hard it is, discipline is necessary. Now, maybe as you were growing up, perhaps it was dad's discipline that was more memorable because maybe it hurt worse, or maybe his voice was more stern, and maybe that's most memorable, but I would be willing to bet that it was probably mom that did it most often because the chances are she was with you more than what dad was. And the training that, took, that takes place in little ones, and I'm not talking about discipline as far as punishment for something done wrong, but training, training your kids to come to you when you call them. Now that kind of sounds like dog training, doesn't it? I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but there's nothing worse than telling your kid to come to you in the store somewhere or anywhere and having them turn around and run the opposite direction and laughing hysterically. All of our kids did that one time. They did. But that's part of what probably mom did the most of is the training and the guiding and the directing. And she was right in the thick of it in the middle of it, doing all these things. So, so moms, thank you for training us. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for taking the time, even though perhaps you wanted to nurture, even though perhaps you wanted to comfort, but taking the time and the mental anguish that sometimes it took to give us the discipline that we needed. Now from Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. I don't hear this passage read nearly enough, but it tells us a lot about what it takes to make a perfect woman. So you young men who are not married here, you should pay attention to this passage. There's a lot of traits in here that perhaps you should be looking for in a woman. I'm going to read the whole thing in its entirety and then we'll look at a few pieces of it today as we wrap up. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She open her, opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with, clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. 
Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. If I could summarize this entire passage, it's this, that those she is close to are better off because of her. Isn't that what it's saying? Whether it's husband, whether it's children, whether it's merchants, whether it's whoever it is, those people who know her, those people who are close to her are better off because of her. They are better off because she is in their lives. So she does the following. And see, this is true of of most all mothers who are committed to their families. She brings her husband good, not harm. Young men, you're going to be wanting to look for somebody who brings you good and not harm. Important. She provides food for her family. She works hard. She's diligent. Very important. She opens her arms to the poor. She's praised by her children. So, mothers, thanks for making us better off. Thanks that because you are in our lives, our lives are enriched. And we're much better than we would be without you. The Bible says here that this woman is always prepared. When it snows, she has no fear. She can laugh at the days to come because there's an element of preparation. Mothers are usually always prepared. It's been interesting to me to relive some of this with the granddaughters that, that Mandy's always prepared. Now, we sometimes have to pull a trailer with us when we go somewhere because of all the preparations that are being made. But it always astounded me how much stuff you can fit in a diaper bag, how much stuff you can jam in there, and, and, and you've got something for everything in there. Those things... Don't seem to be big enough. Diapers and wipes and 16 outfits for each child. Toys, books, two days worth of food, a snowsuit and blankets and matches and a fire starter, I think, is always in there. Always in there. I think the Indiana Department of Natural Resources for the hunter's education class needs to have a woman teach the survival part of the hunter's ed. I think they would probably be better equipped than us men uh, to be able to teach that. If you're out somewhere and someone needs something, who usually has it? Mother or dad? I mean, it's, it's, it's usually mom. It's usually mom that is prepared. And, and Proverbs talks about this lady here, this woman of wife of noble character, that, that she's prepared The Bible tells us that she fears the Lord. In verse 27, uh, she watches over the affairs of her household, doesn't eat the bread of idleness. Children arise and call her blessed. But, But the most important verse here perhaps is verse 30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. The most important thing. And all those other things that moms do, they're They're great. They're important. They have shaped us and made us who we are today. But the most important thing is the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So so moms, 
I just want to remind you today that in the midst of all the craziness, especially if you've got little ones at home, kids or got grandkids over a lot, whatever, in the, in the middle of all that craziness, in the middle of the busy lives that we carve out for ourselves, and in the middle of all the good things that you find yourself caught up in doing, remember that fearing the Lord is the most important thing. Teaching your children and your grandchildren to fear the Lord and to know Him. That's the most important thing. And I would challenge you today that if, that it, that if something else is crowding that out, you need to realign your priorities. If it's other things that are pushing in and, and keeping that fear of the Lord and keeping that service to Him and, and, and keeping that relationship with Him someplace where it, it's not the most important, then realign your focus. Realign your priorities there and make that number one. Because your kids need to know that more than anything else. That fearing the Lord is the most important thing. In many households, while growing up, the kids only get to church because mom does it. I mean, it's sad. But for many years, it's, it was like that in this country. And I see a little bit of a shift. I see things changing a little bit. But, but for so often, that was the case that dad went out and did his thing and, and mom brought the kids to church. Until those young men were old enough to see and to understand that wasn't a priority to dad. And off they went. But for many, and maybe many of you, you went to church because of the influence of mom or of grandma. I look back and I realize that if it was not for my grandma, my whole family would probably not be followers of God. Because grandpa was not immersed in church on the wisely side, grandma was. Little bitty four foot eleven and a half spitfire. And she drug kids to church. And in doing that, very possibly changed our entire family tree. Because if we look back before that in the genealogy that dad has done, we had some pretty rough customers in our family. And grandma kind of single-handedly changed that and got things going in a different direction. So ladies, never underestimate Never underestimate the amount of influence that you have in life and in family in teaching kids to honor God with their lives. So mothers, thank you for showing us how to live godly lives for the example that you are to us. Thanks for comforting. Thanks for training. Thanks for discipline. Thanks for making us better off because of you. Thank you for being prepared, and thank you for the examples that you set for us down through the years. So, honor your mom today. If she's still with you on this earth, go see her if you can. If she's gone from this life, spend some time remembering and reminiscing on those lessons that she taught you, on that guidance and that direction that she gave you. Think about that. 
and, and see if you might have strayed from that a bit. And this might serve as a great time as you reflect and as you remember to see if you're on the track that she laid out for you as she gave you that example. And men, I know your wife's not your mom. I understand that. But if you think back over the many years that you've been married, if you're in this spot, all of those nights getting up with your kids, probably while you laid there and sawed logs, your wife is due honor, she's due thanks. And I don't know about you all, but I've not always done a good, as good a job as I should have in thanking and honoring for the sacrifices made, for the time spent, for having someone behind me that I knew was always there, that I knew was always faithful, and I knew was always committed to me and to my family. There's a lot of praise that is due to our wives and to our mothers. And it's certainly an appropriate time today to give that praise, to honor her, and to help your kids honor her. On a side note, dads, as you're helping your kids do that, teach them honor and respect. Don't put up with the kids mouthing their mother. Don't put up with disrespect going towards mom. She shouldn't have to defend herself against that. You are her defender. So however old they are, do your best to instill respect and honor in your kids towards their mother. And make sure that you know, that they know how you feel about that. So celebrate today. Honor your moms, honor your wives, and thank them for all of the sacrifices that they have made down through the years. We're going to pray, and we're going to sing an invitation song in just a minute, uh, and, and, and then we're going to be dismissed so you can go do all the celebrating that you have to do this afternoon. Remember that there are gifts in the back, uh, so pick one of those up on the way out. So let's pray together, and then, then we'll sing Because He Lives. Father in heaven, we thank you for the shaping and molding that you caused to happen in us under the guidance and direction of our mothers. And so today, we especially choose to honor them. But Father, please help us to honor them and to do a good job of honoring them every single day of our lives. And moms, thank you so much on behalf of all of us for everything you've done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.